financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Hi. Hey, Jess. How are you? I am doing good. What are we talking about today? Well, are you going to be able to afford to retire? No. I can tell you no already. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we hope to change that, but that's what we're talking about. Someone actually sent me this article and said they thought of me right away uh, when they saw it because it was it was some research done on how long a million dollars will last in retirement in the U.S., state by state. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of advisors and a lot of clients who think, okay, that's my number. I need a million dollars. When I can get to a million dollars, I can retire. Now, you know that I've been complaining about this for some time, saying we don't live in that little finite box. A million dollars to one person is not the same as a million dollars to another. Mm-hmm. One might retire at age 65 or 60. Another person might retire at age 75. One person might have health problems. Another person might be very healthy. So you can't just say, you can't, you just can't say to somebody, I know how much you need to retire, a million bucks. Well, and so, also, like you've talked about forever, too, it, ma- it it matters what your debt is. If you're going into retirement in debt with other things, that changes everything. It does? Wow. <laughs> I learned something from <laughs> listening to you every week. What a novel idea. <laughs> I can tell you that not one article I read about this mentioned debt. Oh, that is interesting. Now, they might say, you know, it's, you're going to need more if you're carrying debt, but they don't talk about how to solve that or what to do about it. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to talk about this article that came to me state by state. I believe it was um, rentcafe.com did it. So if you want to look it up, you can go to rentcafe.com. But I did, obviously, I don't go from one article. I do a lot of research and figure out what we're going to bring to the airwaves. But this one was really concise, and I thought they really did their work on this, their homework on this. Mm -hmm. So they cited that go banking rates, took a look at how long a million dollars would last in every state and found that it wouldn't be enough to cover 25 years of retirement expenses anywhere in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, that's, you know, Fidelity says, hey, just to quote another source, so it's not just me saying this, Fidelity says, you know, retirement can last 25 years or longer. And the longer we're living... And the healthier we are, the longer we need to fund our retirement. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, too, because you don't ever know how long that's going to be. No, you don't. You know, when I first started at John Hancock, you know, years ago, Mm -hmm. one of the men training me used to go out and tell people for life insurance sales when they would complain that they didn't like this policy or they didn't like, like that policy. It was too expensive. It wasn't enough coverage. He would say, I'll tell you what, if you can give me your date of birth and your date of death, I will write you the perfect life insurance policy. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little easier that way. And it's really true. We don't know. So we have to plan uh, for the worst and hope for the best, right? Now, if you couple this with the fact that we have a social security problem, Mm -hmm. which is largely what people say, well, when I retire, uh, yes, I'm not going to have enough money in my 401k, my IRAs, whatever, but... Social Security, you know, helps. I'm going to make up the difference with that. Well, we can already see. I, I think a year or so we were on the on a show talking about. We what did. I remember it well. I remember it well because you were kind of explaining to me where I think, like, hey, that's money I paid in. You're like, it's not actually the money; it's the generation before. 
Right. And I think we were saying, you know, people are all frightened about, is it going to end in 2035 or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I said, it's political suicide. You can't just end it Mm -hmm. and get elected. Not on that platform anyway. But what they will do and what they're already doing, uh, and this is what we said, I think, a year ago or so, is they will just adjust things. Now you'll have to be a little older before you can collect your Social Security. Uh, or you have to, you can wait a little longer before you take your uh, RMDs out of your IRAs, right, out of your 401Ks. Mm-hmm. And it's already starting to, to creep into the, to the rules where that's going to delay. So now we have, okay, a million dollars isn't going to last more than 25 years or 25 years anywhere in the U.S. according to the standard living, right, standard cost of living. And we're coupling that with the Social Security problem, okay? Mm-hmm. So the analysis that, that uh, rent, what is it, rent, uh, rent Cafe. Rent Cafe, it, yep. The analysis that Rent Cafe did assumed a retirement age of 65 or older, and they examined annual living costs in all 50 states, including expenses for housing, utility, Groceries, health care, and transportation. Now, it doesn't specifically say that they didn't look at debt, but when I, when I crunch these numbers against the labor statistics, I can see that this was really regular living expenses, what we call regular living expenses, your insurance, your groceries, your health care, things like that, but not necessarily your credit card debt or car loans. It may or may not have factored in an average mortgage. But the writing is on the wall here that, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics from 2020 uh, was what they used, along with the Missouri Economic Research and Information Center. Now, here's what, here's what we found. Now, of course, my, the hackles went up on the back of my neck immediately thinking, oh, my gosh, a million dollars isn't enough to fund 25 years in any state in the U.S. Mm. in that problem, and we have a Social Security problem. Right. Well, you know, I don't want to just depress everybody. We'll all be j- jumping off of bridges, right? We don't have enough money to retire. But there's there are solutions to it. Okay. So let me just uh, tell you that some of the states, Massachusetts, I can tell you right now, was one of the shortest. In other words, the money goes the fastest. Oh, of course. It's really expensive. 12.8 years is how we how long we think, according oh. to this, it will last. 12.8 years. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's bad. Now, if you're thinking, yeah, but I can move to another state and have a better standard of living, mm-hmm. the longest period of time that the money lasted was in Mississippi, where it made it to about 22 years. Okay. So that state uh, ranked the fifth best to retire due to affordability and weather, but it didn't score very well in healthcare and overall well-being categories. Yeah, those are kind of important. They are important. Now, you know, where does everybody move? They go to Florida, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Florida, that same money that will last 12.8 years here will last 18 years in Florida. And you have no snow. But yes, but 18 years is nowhere near 25. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you won't live 25 years after you retire, but I certainly hope that you will. And I hope that you don't live in poverty, that you have enough money to pay your bills and keep your lights on and you know, do the kinds of things that you want to do in your retirement years. Mm -hmm. So some solutions, and we can talk about this in more detail, but I'll just cut to the chase pretty quickly here. I was in a meeting yesterday with some clients that have been with us three and a half years. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it took us longer than three and a half years. I think about six years, if I remember correctly. But three and a half years ago, they paid off their last debt through our program, right? Mm-hmm. And it happened mortgage. Now, that freed up about $3,000 a month. It actually freed up more, much more than that. But they took $3,000 of that money that they weren't sending to creditors, and they just started saving it. Now, the guy said to me right away, you know, we don't want for anything. If we want to do something, we do it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have this debt. And I, I busted out laughing in the appointment, and I just said, I'm sorry to laugh at you, but this conversation is so much different than the one we had several years ago. Mm-hmm. No, you know, they came to me saying, okay, we have debt, we're managing it, we're making the payments, but how are we going to retire, right? How can we pay this debt off in order to retire debt-free, mm-hmm. or can we afford to retire? And that double whammy that I always talk about, in fact, the appointment was so spot on about the things that we talk about, I asked permission to use it in our training, and they, they gave that permission to me right away. But in that amount of time, three and a half years, this couple has saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, believe it or not. But in that amount of time, I know you said that they paid off their debt in like three and a half years with the program, which is phenomenal. But in that amount of time, did they not run up any other debt from that point forward once they paid it off? That's that's correct, because they have enough money to buy things in cash that they want to buy things. I mean, he, he flat out said, yeah, we don't take a loan for anything these days. Wow. They didn't save $200,000 because they, they invested $3,000 a month, right? To be fair, that racked up to, you know, roughly 90000 or more. They maybe didn't do it so consistently. But the fact that they got excited about this and they said, the woman said, you know, you get so excited to see the debt getting paid off. You start to adjust your budget. You start to pull back on things just so you can pay the debt off. Mm-hmm. And it's a voluntary thing, but it does have a way of really speeding things up. So what happens is, you know, they started to get really aggressive about their savings because they could see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Their hope was changing from how are we ever going to pay this debt off to, oh, look, our debt is gone in whatever it was, maybe four years from the time they started with us or three years. And, And then we can start funneling all that money toward retirement. So they got more diligent about looking at their investments. We moved some things to better earning places, you know, safer places that, generated income and, and earned better than what they had. And so there was a, there were a lot of things going on there, but instead of just hanging on saying we're going to work forever, she is now working three days a week because she likes her job. Mm-hmm. He said to me, I'm thinking about where can I work until I'm age 75, and he's 63 now. And yeah. I said, well, you might not have to, but if you want to, keep going, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, a lot of people like to keep active. Yeah, for sure. So we can talk more about the how that works for people, but... When you're reading these articles about, I'm not going to have enough money to retire, and it just seems futile, right? I mean, right. you throw your hands up and you say, I don't, I don't want to look at my finances. I don't, I'm never going to retire, so what? Mm-hmm. That's the mentality of, I'm never going to get out of debt, so I shouldn't look at it. And both things are not true. You can, you can do this. My other um, quick, I guess, point would be, when we're talking about this, too, it's a million dollars per person, right? It's not like per family or per couple if you're both the same age and going to retire together. I think it's per household, actually. Oh, per household. Okay, that's a little bit better they, than per person. Well, they didn't, yeah, they didn't define, actually, in this uh, in this article, but I would say that that's per household. Per household. Okay, well, that look, look at me. That seems more manageable. Uh <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to come up with some solutions coming up in the second half of financial fitness. First, though, I want to get your phone number. 
Sure, it's 413-773-3333. And as always, you can go to HugYourMoney.com for more. We will be back with more of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up next on WHMP. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the Money Doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well without unnecessary risk? Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit HugYourMoney.com. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Hi. You're still here with me? I can't believe it after I get all that bad news. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. We're talking about retiring and how far a million dollars goes in the different states, and it doesn't seem like very far. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like far enough. It sounds like so much money. And, and you know, your quick math says, gee, I've got a million dollars. If I'm earning 5% on it, I get, you know, this much per year. I can make a living at 50 grand a year. I can live, you know. And then what happens is inflation, mm-hmm. lifestyle changes. You rack up some more debt. You know, the value of money decreases over time. Mm-hmm. We, you know, unless inflation goes way down, unless we start paying a lot less for things than we are today. Which is unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely. And the value of your dollar, your dollar is going to buy less in the future than it buys now. Mm-hmm. So when you think in terms of today, gee, you know, if I had a million dollars, it seems like so much money. I will tell you that in the time that I've been in business, long time, uh, when I first started, you know, 37 years ago, anybody that I saw that had a million dollars was doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a millionaire, right? We say people are a millionaire. And now it's almost rote routine for me to work with people who have a million dollars or more in their, you know, 401ks collectively. And it's just much more common. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the perspective used to be like, oh, wow, they're a millionaire. And now it's almost like you have to be a billionaire to be impressive. Yeah, I think it has changed. I mean, nobody has said to me in a long time, I'm a millionaire mm-hmm. without that they were a multimillionaire. Right, yeah. So it has changed. So let's, let's just look at a couple of the states just for comparison. You might imagine that the shortest, you know, the, the least distance that your dollar would go. I'm going to say the- California. No. New York. Hawaii. 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 Oh, yeah. Everything's got to be imported. You want a gallon of milk, it's coming over on a boat or plane, whatever, right? Oh, got it, got it. Did California and New York make the list? They did. Okay. Okay, so Hawaii was 10.3 years. Mm -hmm. Massachusetts was 12.8. California, your first guess, was 13.8. So money lasted longer in California than where we live. Wow. New York, 14.1 years. Now, that's not just New York City. It's New York State, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. It's it's definitely not Midtown. But the other states that are close to us, like Vermont, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, 
16 and a half years, Connecticut 16.6, New Hampshire 16.7. You know, these three states that border us got four more years out of their money (laughs) than we got here in Massachusetts. Was the 25 that you said some states 25? What was the 25? No, No, no states make 25 years. Oh, okay. So what's the longest? It's Mississippi? 22.7, Mississippi. Okay. Then Oklahoma, then Kansas, and Alabama, Iowa, Georgia, Ohio, West Virginia, Missouri. All of these are in the 20s, all the way up to Arkansas. Let's mm-hmm. see, Tennessee, Indiana, and Arkansas. Arkansas was 21.2. So all of those states are the longest, and the shortest ones are some of the ones that I named here, you know, including Alaska, by the way. Alaska and Hawaii were both short. Mm-hmm. So, so, all right. So now you're thinking, well, wait, I'm going to leave the country, and I'm going to go live somewhere else. <laughs> I do watch a lot of beach hunters and uh, for looking, you know, for a place in Honduras. Well, you know, the truth is I almost bought land in Honduras. Really? Oh, yeah. Because the this was years ago. I'm sure the tax laws have probably changed. But the tax laws were so appealing for an expatriate. I could move all they were going to pay to move all my furniture and and vehicles and everything there. Mm. And I much money as I wanted there without paying a tax there. Now, I'd have to pay it in the U.S. if I wanted to, as long as I was doing it online. And, and many years ago, that's exactly what I was doing with, a, with an advisory newsletter. And, and so, yeah, I considered that. I had a nice view of Roatan, and, boy, it seemed like a good idea until I realized a well, third-world country meant I had to bribe the sheriff all the time to get <laughs> it done. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know that world. I'm not I'm right. But if you go to other areas, if you travel, you will find whole, you know, conclaves, uh, enclaves, excuse me, of, of um, expatriates, people who decided to move there and then they invited their relatives and mm-hmm. because they found a way to stretch their dollar or they found that they, they could live as well there as they could live here. But I'm not advising that. I'm not saying you should leave the U.S. and take your money and go. Yeah, and I do I, think that it's hard, too, for unless you've decided that you want to retire somewhere warm, if you've grown up somewhere and lived somewhere for 70 years, most people don't want to move. You know, it always sounds romantic. I'll just move to Italy. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize your friends, your family, you know, your children, whoever you want to see is still maybe here. Mm-hmm. You may do it and you may travel back and forth, but most people do exactly what you said. They grow roots, they put them down somewhere, and that's where they retire. They worry about their health care. That's a, a number one thing that people say, when I retire, I need predictable health care. Mm-hmm. That's one of the attractions in Honduras is that in Tegucigalpa, they had a major hospital with decent health care, right? But I was so young, I didn't really care. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I'm young and healthy, right? So, you know, people look at these things differently. But the point of this entire uh, show today is that no matter what you're hearing about your retirement, no matter whether your financial planner is telling you you're not on pace, you are on pace, whatever, if they are not factoring in your debt payment, if they are assuming you will be out of debt by retirement, and that's why they're showing you that you have enough money, you have a big problem that you need to address Mm -hmm. because you're not working toward an accurate goal, right? And, And that's, I can't tell you how common it is in the industry. It is so common in the industry that, you know, we're sort of a lone read out here saying, but wait, you can pay off your debt because people don't make money. Well, we don't make money on you paying off your debt, right? Settlement companies and companies like that make money in the middle. Don't get me going on how <laughs> and that. But but anyway, I'll, I'll Andy Rooney up on you if you like. <laughs> 
But anyway, so there are things that you can do to improve your retirement picture. And one of the first things you can do is to make a plan to pay down your debt, to accelerate paying down your debt, whether you do it through us or you do it some other way, I don't care. But all of those monthly payments that you are making, much of which is going to interest to fund your lifestyle because you bought things, houses, cars, student loans, credit cards, debt, whatever, when you get rid of that, that money can all be harnessed and give you that double whammy effect I was talking about this couple reporting to me yesterday, right? They, first of all, if you're not shelling out that much in income, now we've done this many times just to ask people to pause for a moment and say, okay, how much of my income do I send out in my mortgage, my car payment, my credit cards, my student loans? Forget groceries, forget cable. Don't think about it for the moment. Just take your debt and total up your monthly payments. Mm-hmm. Whatever that number is, let's say it's $4,000 a month, which is not unheard of. It's quite low, actually, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. $4,000 a month, including your mortgage, don't forget. Now, you back out your taxes and insurance, to be fair, because that's you're always going to have those if you keep the house. But whatever that number is, if it's $4,000 a month, that is $48,000 a year that is being spent out of your retirement dollars every year you're retired. Mm-hmm. In order to get that, remember most of your retirement dollars probably went in a tax-deferred account. So now you're going to take them out. You're going to pay tax on that money finally, right? That's how it works. And you need to get what? Maybe 60000 maybe 65000 in order to net that 48000 just to pay your debt. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of money to do that because that's not even considering your living expenses. So let's suppose we get rid of this $48,000 a year in debt before you retire. Mm-hmm. That means these numbers we're talking about, your million dollars isn't going to go to 25 years, whatever. It means whatever you have in retirement is not being depleted by our taxable number, $60,000, $65,000 a year. That is enormous. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous change in your retirement picture. But in addition to that, if you can get out of debt before you're retired, while you're still working, right? And even along the way, you're sort of making a balancing act. As much money is going towards getting out of debt because we can help you find the sweet spot, and the rest of that money is going to retirement. Mm -hmm. Now you're bolstering your retirement account. You're building these retirement dollars faster than you would have been otherwise. And you you are able to, to make up for some lost time, essentially, and build up your retirement dollars. And then when you retire, you're not depleting them by these debt payments. Mm -hmm. That's this sort of double whammy effect. And it is... It's very powerful. I mean, I think the people I talked to yesterday were really surprised at how much they were able to save. I expected them to save the $3,000 a month. That's that they used to be paying out in debt, and I expected to take the other whatever they took, $1,000 a month, and, and blow it on lifestyle. But I expected that. What I didn't expect was for them to say, oh, we got really so enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. We started the time we started doing extra things. We bumped up our contributions because we didn't need the money in our pocket. And yeah. so they saving quite a bit more. So, I, you know, I hope that this is not falling on deaf ears for advisors as well as, as clients because, I, you know, we meet a lot of people, and I think nine times out of ten, people are feeling like there's no way I'm going to be able to retire. I know it coming into your office, or I know it, you know, getting into a Zoom meeting, so I'm just looking at how am I going to get out of debt because retirement is so far from my perspective right now. I can't think of it as a goal. Well, I do think that a lot of people don't really put, as you've said before, don't put debt and retirement into the same conversation. They think of them as 
two separate things, but as you're saying, they really directly affect each other. You know, it's all money. I don't care how you label it, whether it's debt or whether it's living expenses or retirement savings. It's all money that that you have a finite source for. You know, even if you're self-employed and can reinvent yourself and make more money, you're still dealing with a certain amount of dollars every month and having to, you know, everybody's vying for it. The, The creditors are vying for it. The grocery store is vying for it. Your advisor is saying you've got to contribute more to your 401k because you're not going to have enough money to retire, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody wants your dollar. Your kids are saying, give me an allowance, whatever. Everybody wants that dollar. It can only stretch so far. And it's getting diluted drastically by paying creditor payments monthly. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. I've never found anybody that once I explained this could disagree with this, right? It's pure math and concept. If you go through life ignoring these debt payments, assuming, well, I'm always going to have a mortgage, I'm always going to have a car payment, then that money is never going to be free to fund the kind of lifestyle you want. I I had a woman the other day tell me that she didn't want to follow the plan. Uh, She just wanted it to be very simple. (laughs) And I said, what does very simple mean? Because it's pretty simple. You log in, there's a green box, tells you where to send the money. You send it, right? Right. But very simple mean. And she said, I just want to pay things the normal amount of time they're supposed to be paid. (laughs) And I said, well, then you're never going to be out of debt, probably. Right. But it's a hard thing for people to wrap their minds around. We grow up thinking that the American dream essentially translates to you must make payments. It's just how we think. And then we separate. We totally segregate retirement. And we say, oh, we got a guy who does the retirement thing. We're all set there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting too how like the United States kind of fosters that. Like I know, I don't know. I watch a lot of house hunters, but in other countries, it seems like you don't. They don't do mortgages. Like you have to have the money to pay for it. Well, yeah, it used to be that way here too. But I, I know we've done shows on this. But when whoever decided, and it was actually insurance companies, believe it or not, that if they gave you a, a payment system, you could buy a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened Pandora's box. Yeah. We were talking off the air a little bit about what's happening with mortgages in the the country. And, you know, California has had 40-year mortgages for some time now. I mean, many years. Because the houses are so expensive, a 30-year mortgage is too pricey for somebody, even on a high income, to be able to make the payment. Yeah, I was just reading an article on this where they were saying that first-time buyers are increasingly taking out what they call ultra-long mortgages. It said that by the end of last year, one in six first-time buyers had a mortgage that was more than 35 years. Wow. That's just completely staggering. Yeah. And, you know, so these are the kinds of things that we have to think of. And I know I come on the air and talk about debt. I mean, I do retirement planning for people. It's part of our business, right? But we incorporate paying off your debt. And I think that that's how you get a fair shake at this and how you accelerate the debt plan and accelerate your retirement. But when I read this article, I just thought, oh, my gosh, nowhere in the U.S., is this going to last 25 years? Mm. Well, also, you know, it's interesting, the clients you said that had come in, even though this might not sound like fun, they're satisfied now and even excited, you said. So, you know, it is a good feeling when you see those numbers going down. Well, you can tell when you say to somebody, gee, what you just said was really great. Would you allow me to use this in, in our training videos? And when they go, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, then you know, okay, they're really happy. That's but, awesome. You know, I hate to leave this on a downer because I'm very optimistic about helping people retire, but I just don't want anybody out there thinking, well, I'm not going to live for 25 years, so I'm okay here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Mind you, Massachusetts was 12.8 years. Yeah, it's not good. All right, no. well, let's get your phone number if anybody needs some help or has some questions or maybe wants to pay off their debt a little quicker. Absolutely. Or crank up their retirement assets. They can reach us at 413-773-3333. Or as always, visit HugYourMoney.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. We'll be back next week with another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ryan, right here on WHMP. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, the Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. I'm thinking it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 2009. A a lot of debt has been cleared up over the years. (laughs) That has been a life changer. I'm actually retired now, and uh, the finances that we now have set up I feel confident that's got me pretty much all set, I would say, the rest of my life. Basically set me free from worry for where my income's coming from down the road. It's, it's been a big part of my life, the, uh, being in this program. And I'm really glad that we made that contact so many years ago. Hug works best when we work together. Schedule your free consultation with a Hug Your Money coach today. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug your money. So unique, it's patented. Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Hello. Hello, and Happy New Year to you. You as well. It went by very quickly, but I also feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Well, it has been forever. We, we took a couple of weeks off uh, for the holidays and things, and so uh, we are all back and uh, and chatty. Mm-hmm. So, what are we talking you know, about today? Well, what, I mean, we're kicking off a new year, right? So let's not talk about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> we could talk about lack of money. Well, we could talk about a lot of things about money and how you approach a new year. But, but at the helm, I, I'd like to give some credit to uh, Melissa Kirsch, who wrote an article that that talked about how we give all this weight to a new year, mm-hmm. right? And we say, oh, this year we're going to do this, and as of January 1st, things are going to be different, when really it's just the next day. <laughs> it's the same thing as birthdays. You know, we are in a country where we keep track of our ages. We celebrate a birthday initially, and then we dread a birthday, but we do it because we suddenly turned a year older that day. Mm-hmm. When we- the day before you were however old and 364 days old. Exactly. So, but, but that psychology gets under our skin and that is what affects us in most of our choices in life, including those that we make about money. So she had some philosophical advice, which I'd like to go over kind of quickly. And then I'll tell you things that I think uh, have to do with money that transfer well to money. So first, just to credit Melissa here, uh, she made a, she, what she did was collect the best advice that she'd been given all year. And so it started off by somebody telling her to buy the dip. Now, buy the that, dip? 
Yeah, buy the dip is a financial term. term. Now, if you're a trader or you're buying stock um, and you're doing it personally, you're actually watching your charts and you're, you know, trading things, mm-hmm. buying or selling, you'll know what that term means. What it means is you're, you're waiting for something that is uh, on a rise to, you know, be doing well. All the financials behind it are good. It looks like a stock you want to own, but... For whatever reason, it's gotten a little little news or there's a little blip in the market or that sector has trended differently, and now the price is down a bit. It's got a little dip. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean anything. It's not on a losing streak or anything, but it's, it's a chance to buy at a lower rate and then watch it go back up. Now, advisors use this when we talk about dollar cost averaging, where we're, you know, you're investing $50 every month, for instance, and they're buying stuff. They're buying the same stuff, the same mutual funds or whatever, but you're putting $50 a month into it. Sometimes you'll buy when that mutual fund is at the top. Sometimes you'll buy when it's lower. That lower part is buy the dip. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with ice cream or <laughs> the guy you really didn't like in school. Okay? I'll take sprinkles on the top. Exactly, exactly. So another thing uh, that she said was we're all juggling so many balls. Now that phrase is used a lot, but I liked the way she put it. Differentiate between glass balls and rubber balls. And don't be afraid to let the rubber balls drop, right? These all came in from different people. That was from a Catherine Cunningham in in Carborough, North Carolina. Um, And I'm picking and choosing some of the ones I liked best. Mm -hmm. You're going to shoot me when I say this, I think. But wait as long as possible to get your kids a phone. (laughs) That was was someone's advice, you know. Now, this all has something loosely to do with finance, but uh, every time you receive a box containing something you bought online, Mm -hmm. fill it with items to donate. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Gets rid of the clutter in the house, for sure. Peter Pointer in uh, Dimondale, Michigan, sent that in. So I like that one because I had once seen... One of those, uh, you know, improve your house shows, you know, home improvement mm-hmm. shows, where they come in and clean your house, you know, and, and rid you of clutter. And they made a very strong rule for these pack rats that they rid of clutter. They said that they rid of clutter. They said, you know, every time something comes in, something has to leave. <laughs> For sure. And a little parental advice I'll add on top of that. Do it when the kids aren't home, because I swear when you're filling up the box, a toy that they have not played with in seven years will become their new favorite thing. So oh, no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before doing something, ask yourself, is this something that someone who loves themselves would do? Mm. That now, can apply I- to a lot of areas. It applies to pretty much every area, but mm-hmm. I have to say when it comes to finance, wow, that's a big one because I'm constantly saying to people, change your attitude, change your conversation with yourself about finance. You know, you're used to beating yourself up. I don't do this well. This is awful. I hate this. You know, is that something that someone would do who loves themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wear a watch. I love this one. I'm going to start doing this actually. Um, wear a watch. This. So this way, I pick up my phone half as often. How many times do you pick up your phone to check the time and you get sidetracked? Yeah, that is true. And and not as many people wear watches anymore, obviously, because you can just get the phone, you know, the time on your phone. Yeah, I stopped wearing a watch years ago because I was doing the same thing. I was looking at my and I didn't know what time it was 30 seconds later. Mm -hmm. It was a half. So I thought that was an interesting time saver, particularly for people who argue that they must have their phone on at work. 
mm-hmm. uh, and the employers are unhappy with them because you really, I don't know about you, but my phone always has something on it. It's a text. I mean, there's so many ways for people to get in touch with us these days. You know, it could be a text. It could be an instant message. It could be an email. But they're all popping up on your phone, the least of which usually is calls now, right? It's almost all print. Well, and I so think you- that's part of the reason that employers think that you're available 24-7 because they can get you 24-7 now. Yeah. Here was one that I, I like, too, that uh, there are many things I can't control but I can control how I do or don't respond. Mm, That's a hard one. Yeah, and I can't control other thoughts of me. But that's also true in the market. Mm -hmm. So you can't control the market, but you can control whether you're panicking or not, whether you're making a knee-jerk decision or not, whether you're making uh, impulsive purchases, right? You can control those things. Right, yeah. So so pay attention to that. Be proactive. Uh, This is obvious, but with your health, you can get tests and establish baselines with your finances. You know, be proactive. Get some help before you think there's a problem, if it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, just book the trip. Now, a lot of these cross-reference with what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you to plan a vacation, right, as one of your 2024 things. So just book the trip. That was it. Just book the trip was the whole advice. All right. <laughs> I, I take that advice. I like it. I like it, too. We'll talk about how to do that well. And then retire from your job, not your life. Mm. So that's an oldie but a goodie. So many times people thought if they retire uh, that they don't know who they are without their work, right? Especially men. I hate to say it, but especially men and increasingly women. When somebody says to you, well, tell me something about yourself, you answer, well, what I do is, yeah, your identity is definitely tied up in with, you know, your career. Yeah, so if you're going to retire from your job, just remember you're not retiring from life and start planning that second chapter. Mm-hmm. So those were all things from that article, and I, I don't often just come on and regurgitate an article, but there were so many good pieces of advice there, and I thought they were so more, so much more interesting than talking to you about, you know, New Year's resolutions that we're not going to keep. For sure. Let me add one that you you gave um, and I use this to this day. I just used it yesterday at the store was you said, you know, go in and, you know, find what you want to find. But before you go right to the register, walk around the whole store with that item in your in your basket and see if you still want it by the by the end. And I put what I was going to get back. And it just I I, your 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 voice is in my head, even on off hours. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I call that giving it a ride in your cart. Yeah, yeah. Cart so you don't feel like somebody else is going to take it off the shelf and give it a little ride and decide when you're not under pressure how to make that choice. So, I, I mean, we can't let the show go by without talking about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Did you make any? Um, I really, my only New Year's res- resolution was just to volunteer more of my time because um, oh. even though you think you're helping someone else, it does make you feel better about yourself. So like finding some different organizations where I can volunteer some time. Well, I'm sure we can help you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I decided for New Year's resolutions, I would quit smoking and gain weight. Quit smoking I, and gain weight. I've never been a smoker. And it's pretty apparent that I'm not always going to lose weight, no matter how many New Year's resolutions I make. Right? There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not obese. I, I keep my weight pretty steady. But uh-huh. hearing these New Year's resolutions that people tie themselves to with no chance of commitment, uh, no chance of success, and and then they feel bad about themselves. Well, and it's the I, same one over and over and over again. 
Yeah, I mean, I was reminded of that that scene in Eat, Pray, Love, where Julia Roberts is eating pizza, and her partner across the table can't eat it because she's already, you know, feeling her jeans pinch her. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, I have no interest in being obese. I'm just done with the guilt, you know? Right. It's, again, you know, we all want to be healthy and, and look our best and feel our best and all of that, but I really want people to focus on things that, First of all, they can have success at, and secondly, that um, will cause them to feel better about themselves. And ironically, when you feel more balanced in life, at least this is what people report to me, when their finances are in order, they're not so stressed, maybe that's tied to food. Maybe they're overeating because they're just stressed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're avoiding, you know, balancing their checkbook and they've got a bag of chips instead, right? Those kinds of things. I mean, it's not a diet plan to get your finances in order, but when you feel more balanced, somehow things seem to um, line up in other areas of your life too. Uh, Everything gets a little easier when you're not so worried all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little side note. I want to add to that too. Um, My sister, as you know, is a nurse and she loves talking to the elderly patients. And one of the, you know, older women, when they were talking, she was talking about her weight or whatever. And, and she, tells my sister, don't worry about it, honey. You're not going to, it's not going to matter like at the age that she was then. And she was like, it was just such a comforting feeling because everybody does it. She had done it through her whole life and now she's 80 and a nursing home. And she's like, it doesn't matter, honey. Just don't worry about it. And I really love that. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly there are times that it matters, right? You, you want to be healthy and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've seen this in, in society go from, you know, the 60s, I think it was when we had Twiggy, right? Everybody wanted to be as skinny as they could possibly be. Right. Now where there's no body shaming, many people are carrying plenty of extra weight and nobody's saying, hey, maybe you should lose this, right? Yeah, this was more like, you know, maybe 10, 20 pound kind of thing. But yeah, definitely if you're unhealthy. Well, there have been studies that show uh, that yo-yoing, many studies, that yo-yoing is much more uh, harmful to you than carrying a steady weight, even if it's, you know, let's say 10 pounds overweight, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I and mean, just be realistic. And all the stuff that we're talking about translates, believe it or not, to how you think about your money. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part for people to really to warm up to is, hey, I can take these things that I do in other areas of my life and they actually apply to my money. It can't be. Money is a strange and curious creature and I don't, I don't know it. But really, when you apply these kinds of things, you'd be amazed at how how much it improves your attitude and relationship with your money and how things start to improve. Well, it's definitely similar too. like when I think of a budget, I think of a diet and you don't want either, but there can be good budgets and good diets. Yeah. I mean, what if your, what if your diet came with a brownie every week? Right. And like your budget, when you've talked about before, plan a vacation in it. We're going to get into all of this in the second half. I want to hear much more about this. I want to get your phone number though. First, of course, it's 413-773. 3333. And you can visit hugyourmoney.com. We'll have part two of financial fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up next on WHMP. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the money doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps 
helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well without unnecessary risk? Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit HugYourMoney.com. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Hi. Hi. We're talking kind of new year, new you money-wise? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much New Year's resolutions, but the kinds of things that you might adopt uh, and use, and you don't have to adopt all of these, but one or two might stand out and you might say, I'm going to start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be one of the first things is just pick one tiny little thing. doesn't matter how small or how large and start there. One of the major obstacles for people, I think, Jess, is they say, oh, it's the new year. This year, I'm going to get my finances in order. Mm-hmm. Start asking me questions like, do you think I need a trust? They don't have a budget yet. They're wondering if they need a trust, right? <laughs> and I get it all the time. And people say, well, I'll, I'll go educate myself about that. And I'll, I'll read up on trust. And maybe I'll call a lawyer. And I want to make sure they start at the top. Mm-hmm. I want you to start at the bottom. Pick something small. Like you just said it. You know, start to make a change in the way you shop. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm putting it in my card. I'm going to drive it around. And if I don't really love it or I don't love it enough to give up that money, I'm going to put it back on the shelf. Picture yourself actually taking bills out of your pocket to pay for it if you're not paying for it in cash. Mm-hmm. Or you're paying for it in cash, of course. But do those, play those kinds of mind games with yourself. Um, I'm not delusional. These really work. Mm-hmm. People report it to me, oh, like you just said, I did what you just said. I'm not omnipotent, obviously, but some, some of these things will speak to you. So here's one that is directly about finance. Okay. Buy Buy insurance while you're young and healthy enough to get good rates. Well, no kidding. I mean, we, we've been saying this for how many years? Mm-hmm. You know, old, sick people, <laughs> they tell you, hey, you, I should have bought that when I was young and healthy. Mm-hmm. The thing is about buying insurance when you're young and healthy or young or healthy is that the rates can be so affordable that you really can fit it into a very small budget. If, if For instance, if we're talking about life insurance, you can pick up term life insurance, you know, very affordably when you're very young mm-hmm. and keep those premiums level for a very long time. And so if you're in need of insurance at all, try not to delay it if you can help it. Okay. Now, the same is true about saving. I don't want you to just start saving early, contrary to popular belief. I want you to start saving early, but I want you to save consistently. Mm-hmm. Even small amounts. I don't care if you're putting your coins in a jar. I want you to do it consistently because that's what adds up, those small amounts of money. If you have to open a a mutual fund, for instance, or a savings account, and you have to put in $25 a month, I don't care. Get the habit in place and start doing it and do it consistently and then review it and, you know, increase it as you can. Now, let me ask you this question, though. If you're someone who is listening today and you're like, well, that sounds great, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can't even think about saving. Um, Would you suggest still trying to save or trying, if you have anything extra, using that to pay down debt? 
I would suggest first making a budget. Okay. Almost everybody who says, I live paycheck to paycheck, I don't have any money left over. When we look at the budget, we see, okay, uh, alcohol, cigarettes, scratch tickets, um, uh, what's in the, oh, Netflix, Hulu, uh, lattes at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, we see that stuff. Everybody does it. Almost mm-hmm. every, occasionally I really will see that somebody is bare bones, they just don't have any money to save. And in that case, you know, you really have to take care of yourself first, plan to increase your income in some way, mm-hmm. and add into savings. But most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, if we really track our expenses, there will be something that we find that we could give up to save if, in fact, that's your priority. And this is all about priorities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So once you're saving things, remember to invest that savings. Don't just leave it sitting at a, an account that's earning no money. Even if it's, you know, small investments, remember to talk to somebody about investing that. Here's the biggest thing I could teach you about how to make your finances better Okay. for the rest of your life. Do not live within your means. Live below your means. Mm, that's a tough one for a lot of people. It is. But you know what? As soon as you start it, it has a way of building on itself. And people who live below their means, who, what that means is you have more money coming in. You're not just spending every money, every dollar that goes out, right? Mm-hmm. When you live below your means, all that other stuff gets easier. You do make room for emergencies. You do. You are able to save. You do plan for vacations well. Live below your means. Mm-hmm. Try and become free of all liabilities, of course. You know, we're not just talking about credit cards. Try to get free of those mortgages and student loans. Abbreviating or reducing or eliminating those monthly payments is a double whammy because now you don't only have that money not going to creditors, but you have it to save. Mm-hmm. So you need less and you can save more. So that's an enormous one if you can find a way to do it. Part of what we help people do. Here's another huge one that you came close to. I thought this was what you were going to say when you talked about giving it a ride in the cart. Remind yourself of the difference between need and want before you make each purchasing decision. Yeah. Now, I should say, obviously, the first half of the show, we talked about Melissa Kirsch's article. These are all me. In the second half of the show, this is not Melissa's advice. This is my advice. Right? Okay. So, you know, do I need this or do I want it before you decide to purchase it? And then say, okay, I really want it. Is it worth it to me to give up my money that I might use for something else because I want this so badly? Or, you know, can I really do without it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just while we're talking about this, online shopping carts are a good way to do this. Throw everything you want in the shopping cart. I don't care. But before you check it out, you know, walk away from it for a while. Go back to it that evening or whatever. And then look at it and say, yeah, my total is how much I'm going to uncheck this one, or I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to mm-hmm. take that and do it that way. You don't have to buy it just because you put it in your cart. Now that I've given you all the tough love, I want you to reward yourself and your family for your financial achievements. I don't care how small they are. Mm-hmm. This positive reinforcement goes a long way. When I said, what if your budget came, I mean, what if your diet came with a brownie? It's exactly what I mean. If you can budget and track your expenses as a family for a week, it doesn't have to be a year. Do it for a week mm-hmm. and make an event of it. We're having pizza tonight. We're we're going out tonight. We're doing something. You know, do it within your budget, but make the point, because we're trying to teach our children here as well, make the point that what you've just done is a means to an end. It isn't it isn't just the exercise of tracking expenses because some math teacher told you you had to calculate this, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to get to a better place. You know, reward yourself even when you have those small things. 
every mountain is easier to climb if you're in the middle of it, right? When you start halfway off, right? If you're already doing well with your finances, you know, you're saying, well, I don't have any problem. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Start there and say, let's hire an expert to help us get further ahead. Let's take advantage of the things we're doing well and capitalize on those. And let's have somebody who knows what maybe we don't know figure out what we're not doing well or where things could be improved and work on that. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that that is probably not your accountant. It's probably not your attorney. It's probably not your typical financial advisor. All of those might be involved in this, but really the kind of person that does that well for you is usually a coach, a financial coach. Mm -hmm. And that's true of any area in your life. If you're already doing pretty well, but you think you could be doing better, it might be worth hiring a coach. Yeah, you want to get to the next level with that for sure. Exactly. So speaking of that, let's talk about teaching our children a little bit. Okay. So leading by example. Oh my gosh, how many times do we say lead by example? But I mean, you know, you were a child. Mm -hmm. Your job watch your parents and figure out how to manipulate things, right? <laughs> That's your job. Yeah, for sure. So, so when I say lead by example, it's never too early or too late to affect that change. Mm -hmm. So start preparing them for reality. Instead of giving them an allowance and just saying, here's your money, what are you going to spend it on? Start talking to them about how much you might save, how much eventually, I know they don't want to hear the tax man, but how much eventually you might need for some other item. So, you know, you might be able to buy the video game this week, but if you really want, uh, I don't know, make it up, a, a motorized bicycle, you're going to have to save for a long time to get that. So yeah, I think we talked about this before, and you said it gets broken down into like four categories, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. And uh, there's a whole chapter in, in the book about that, but lead by example and start really teaching your kids well. Mm -hmm. Remember I said plan the vacation? Yes. I, I of course I remember it. that part. My ears perked right up. Yes, but did you hear me say take a vacation or plan a vacation? I heard you say plan a vacation. Uh, that's exactly right. I do want you to take the vacation, but first I want you to enjoy the planning of the, of the vacation. Mm -hmm. So make it a game to do it on the cheap if you can. The goal here isn't to be um, Scrooge. The goal is to be able to take more vacations mm -hmm. on the same dime, right? So if you can get deals on airfare, lodging, uh, a place where you can cook and you want to cook and you like to cook while you're in the uh, condo or room or whatever, fine. Just involve the whole family and make it a thing like we're going to plan for this vacation, make a calendar, put it on the wall. Hey, every month we're getting closer to the vacation. Mm -hmm. It's always fun to have something to look forward to. It is. Rather than just we need a vacation, where's the credit card? Mm -hmm. right? Okay. If you're thinking of cashing in your retirement, stop <laughs> <laughs> for any reason. Don't do it before talking to a professional and possibly even getting a second opinion, right? For reasons that are too long to go into, but let me just save you. If you're thinking of, we owe the tax man, we owe the credit cards, we want a vacation, uh, we're going to buy a house, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking of cashing in your retirement, just stop yourself cold. Okay. Now, here we only have time for a couple more, but if you're in a period of transition, you know, you just lost your job, somebody in your family died, something you've moved to an area... Just slow down. Don't make any knee-jerk decisions when you're in a period of transition. Mm. Yeah, if you're faced with a major lifetime decision, don't get yourself uh, roadblocked, right? Lighten that load by freeing yourself from something. Mm. And the something is the belief that it must be a permanent decision. 
we always look at these problems and say, wow, we got to make the right decision. It's so important. We must make the right decision. Yes, it's important. But maybe you start by saying, what happens if I make the wrong decision? What is my plan B exit strategy? You can change your mind on almost everything. Mm-hmm. So make some decision, but don't make it in, out of fear. And then my last tip for 2024 is just remember you're an individual. I get questions every day. How much do I need to retire? Is, do I have enough? Is this okay? You know, you don't live in that box. I know it's tidy for investors like us, I mean, advisors like us to say, you know, you need a million dollars at retirement. You must be 65. Don't take your Social Security early. Of course, we're going to say those things. That's what people do. They have sort of a checklist Mm -hmm. of things are appropriate, right? Fact of the matter is you're an individual. Just meet with a good, solid advisor and find out if a comfortable retirement is possible for you. Don't just say, I'm going to retire at 65 without having any idea if you're on the mark or not. Right. And Don't say to yourself, I can't retire at 55 or 59 because I don't have access to Social Security or because I don't have access to my funds. Meet with somebody who might be able to get you on track for an early retirement if that's what you want and to help you define what your next chapter might be. And and that's, you know, all of these things are things we help with. For 2024, instead of feeling like you're starting off the year with, I must get my finances in order by doing all of these things from buying insurance to making a trust, just pick one thing. If that one thing happens to be hiring a coach, great. We're here to help you. If the one thing happens to be putting the item in your cart and giving it a ride, and we help you somehow by saying that on the air, I'm very happy about that. (laughs) You helped me. I know that. Good. Good, good, good. Well, All right. Well, let me get your phone number for everyone out there that could use a little bit of help or may have a question. Absolutely. It's 413-773-3333. Okay. They can always go to HugYourMoney.com. I also want to remind people, if you want to send in a question and we use it on the air, you'll get a copy of the book. Yes. It's called Retire Debt and Retire Well. All right. We'll be back next week with another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, the Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. I'm Robin did not want to retire, particularly at 65. Cheryl, um, I you, didn't retire at 65. I know. Retirement, uh, that was a big gaping hole ahead of me. And that's, you know, for me, I've always done things. I've always been busy and And so I was really worried about that. Francis was very sensitive to that and uh, realized that we just wanted to make sure that our money would take us as far as possible. We have to do things sort of just because we feel the urge every now and then. We can do things. That's important. Right. We can do it wisely and comfortably. So... And still live the life we want to live. Hug works best when we work together. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.